Good morning, everyone. It's time for another edition of Transformation Radio. From the West Coast killing field. It's the bomb. Corleone, pimp and keep it real. Y'all know the deal. Corn braids and the thug appeal. Street slang make the hits that uh-huh. the thugs feel. Demons guard your grill. When they get my scope aimed, and I shoot the kill. And haters jealous cause I'm second for the dollar bills. Platinum crushed ice and it's all real. Gospel hip hop got it locked steel. Who you think it was? Sprinkle the game. But West Coast gospel rap plus a brim and a cane. Street slang and the meshes that they couldn't contain. Taught you about the streets and the way that they bang. Cocaine, methamphetamine, gin and tonic, Remy Martin, Hennessy, Sherm, Chocolate, Tine, and Chronic, Bloods, Crips, Essays, Air Man, Thresses, Pop Rules, Soul Rules, Downloads, and Kelly Blues, y'all. Did you never with them banging beats? Rich, dug out, notes, grinding on the streets. Hustlers serving KGs, pulling heat, steady reaching them with the word seven days a week. Still preaching that word with them banging beats. Reach dug out, notes, grinding on the streets. Hustlers serving KGs, pulling heat, steady reaching them with the word seven days a week. I'm still ripping and kicking, flipping and spitting lyrics that got you thinking, tripping, gripping your Bible, digging just to see what's written. Envision falling to prison, living in the worst conditions, making decisions. See, my mission is to give visions to the ones that listen like catechism, but the ones arrested for vandalism. It's your decision, eternal prison, or you can accept what the Lord has given. What's that? Your sins forgiven. See, I'm trying to get you walking through the pearly gates and save you from the lake of fire full of demon snakes. How do I do that? By asking the Lord to forgive you of all of your sins and then turning away from all of your wickedness, and I turn back. Then start walking on the straight and narrow. Get the word inside of your temple till it's swelling in your bone marrow. No more packing the gat in the back of the lack, attacking the smack and crackheads with a baseball bat. Still preaching that word with them banging beats. Rich dug out notes, grinding on the streets. Hustlers serving KGs, pulling heat. Steady reaching them with the word seven days a week. Still preaching that word with them banging beats. Rich dug out notes, grinding on the streets. Hustlers serving KGs, pulling heat. Steady reaching them with the word seven yeah. days a week. Killers, gang bangers, convicts, pimps, players, weed smokers, and them drug dealers. Cap killers, thieves, felons, and them gorillas. And drug lords overseas, taking big skrilla. It's still the same, ain't nothing changed. Street raps all to calls and proclaim the name. Never ashamed of the one that was slanging and dirt all the pain. Bleeding with nails in his hands just to save me from the burning flames. Amazing grace, he took my place, paid the ransom, then got my sins erased. And now, words can't express what I feel inside of my flesh. Every breath is giving God glory into my death. See, I'm blessed beyond measures like silver and gold treasures and world pleasures spitting lectures to ease the world pressures so that heathens that were grieving thieving can now believe in that jesus bleeding was for a reason because the one i'm speaking that word with them banging beats rich dug out notes grinding on the streets hustlers serving king g's pulling heat steady reaching them with the word seven days a week still preaching that word with them banging beats rich dug out notes grinding on the streets hustlers serving king g's pulling heat steady reaching them with the word seven days a week still Banging beats, rich dug out notes, grinding on the streets. Hustlers serving KGs, pulling heat, steady reaching them with the word seven days a week. Still preaching that word with them banging beats, rich dug out notes, grinding on the streets. Hustlers serving KGs, pulling heat, steady reaching them with the word seven days a week. Yeah, so there you have it, another one of them West Coast classics. Brought to you by the one and only Boney Bone Corleone in an A and B experience. We ain't never gonna quit putting that gospel flavor up in your ear hole. This is how we do, baby. Welcome to Gospel Alpha Mega Funky Boogie Disco Music. Ooh.
And now as we turn our attention to the reading of the New Testament, our narrative today comes from the book of Mark, chapter 5, verses 21 through 43. Here is a brief overview of some of what we'll be reading about in Scripture today. Jesus went back across the Sea of Galilee, probably landing at Capernaum, his headquarters. Jairus was the elected leader of the local synagogue, responsible for supervising worship, running the weekly school, and caring for the building. So he apparently knew Jesus. Many synagogue leaders had close ties to the Pharisees. It is likely, therefore, that some synagogue rulers had been pressured not to support Jesus. Well, this woman comes along, and this woman had a seemingly incurable condition causing her to bleed constantly. This may have been a menstrual or uterine disorder that would have made her ritually unclean and excluded her from most social contact. She desperately wanted Jesus to heal her, but she knew that her bleeding would cause Jesus to be unclean under Jewish law if she touched him. Now, sometimes we feel that our problems will keep us from God, but he's always ready to help. No matter how impossible the problem seems to us, we should never allow our fear to keep us from approaching Him. Now, it was virtually impossible to get uh, close to Jesus, but uh, one woman fought her way desperately through the crowd in order just to touch Him. As soon as she did, she was healed. Well, she didn't actually touch Him, she only touched His robe. Now, what a difference between the crowds who are curious about Jesus and the few who reach out and touch Him. Today... A lot of people are vaguely familiar with Jesus, but nothing in their lives is changed or bettered by this passing acquaintance. It's only by faith, this thing called faith, that releases God's healing power. Move beyond curiosity, my friend. Reach out to Christ in faith. That touch will change your life forever. All right, with that, let's begin our reading today here in the New Testament. February 21st, the New Testament, Mark chapter 5, verses 21 through 43. Jesus got into the boat again and went back to the other side of the lake, where a large crowd gathered around him on the shore. Then a leader of the local synagogue, whose name was Jairus, arrived. When he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet, pleading fervently with him, My little daughter is dying, he said. Please come and lay your hands on her. Heal her so she can live. Jesus went with him, and all the people followed, crowding around him. A woman in the crowd had suffered for twelve years with constant bleeding. She had suffered a great deal from many doctors, and over the years she had spent everything she had to pay them. But she had gotten no better. In fact, she had gotten worse. She had heard about Jesus So she came up behind him through the crowd and touched his robe. For she thought to herself, If I can just touch his robe, I will be healed. Immediately the bleeding stopped, and she could feel in her body that she had been healed of her terrible condition. Jesus realized at once that healing power had gone out from him, so he turned around in the crowd and asked, Who touched my robe? His disciples said to him, Look at this crowd pressing around you. How can you ask who touched me? But he kept on looking around to see who had done it. Then the frightened woman, trembling at the realization of what had happened to her, came and fell to her knees in front of him and told him what she had done. And he said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Your suffering is over. 
While he was still speaking to her, messengers arrived from the home of Jairus, the leader of the synagogue. They told him, Your daughter is dead. There's no use troubling the teacher now. But Jesus overheard them and said to Jairus, Don't be afraid. Just have faith. Then Jesus stopped the crowd and wouldn't let anyone go with him except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. When they came to the home of the synagogue leader, Jesus saw much commotion and weeping and wailing. He went inside and asked, Why all this commotion and weeping? The child isn't dead. She's only asleep. The crowd laughed at him. But he made them all leave, and he took the girl's father and mother and his three disciples into the room where the girl was lying. Holding her hand, he said to her, Talitha Kaum, which means, Little girl, get up. And the girl, who was twelve years old, immediately stood up and walked around. They were overwhelmed and totally amazed. Jesus gave them strict orders not to tell anyone what had happened. And then he told them to give her something to eat. Psalm 38, verses 1 through 22. As a child, my cry to his father. So David cried to God. David was not saying, don't punish me, but don't punish me while you're angry. He acknowledged that he deserved to be punished, but he asked that God temper his discipline with mercy. You know, like children, we're free to ask for mercy, but we should not deny that we deserve punishment. Well, this is called a penitential psalm because David expressed sorrow for his sin. He stated that his sin led to health problems and separated him from God and others, causing extreme loneliness. He then confessed his sin and he repented. David saw his anguish as judgment from God for his sins. Although God does not always send physical illness to punish us for sin, well, this verse and others in Scripture indicate that He does in certain circumstances. Our sin can have physical or mental side effects that can cause great suffering. Sometimes God has to punish His children in order to bring them back to Himself. When we repent of our sin, God promises to forgive us. He delivers us from sin's eternal consequences although he does not promise to undo all of sin's earthly consequences. Psalm 38, verses 1 through 22. A Psalm of David, asking God to remember him. O Lord, don't rebuke me in your anger, or discipline me in your rage. Your arrows have struck deep, and your blows are crushing me. Because of your anger, my whole body is sick. My health is broken because of my sins. My guilt overwhelms me. It is a burden too heavy to bear. My wounds fester and stink because of my foolish sins. I am bent over and racked with pain. All day long, I walk around filled with grief. A raging fever burns within me, and my health is broken. I am exhausted and completely crushed. My groans come from an anguished heart. You know what I long for, Lord. You hear my every sigh. My heart beats wildly. My strength fails. And I'm going blind. My loved ones and friends stay away, fearing my disease. Even my own family stands at a distance. Meanwhile, my enemies lay traps to kill me. Those who wish me harm make plans to ruin me all day long. 
they plan their treachery. But I am deaf to all their threats. I am silent before them as one who cannot speak. I choose to hear nothing, and I make no reply. For I am waiting for you, O Lord. You must answer for me, O Lord my God. I prayed, Don't let my enemies gloat over me, or rejoice at my downfall. I am on the verge of collapse, facing constant pain. But I confess my sins. I am deeply sorry for what I have done. I have many aggressive enemies. They hate me without reason. They repay me evil for good and oppose me for pursuing good. Do not abandon me, O Lord. Do not stand at a distance, my God. Come quickly to help me, O Lord, my Savior. Proverbs chapter 10, verses 8 and 9. The wise are glad to be instructed, but babbling fools fall flat on their faces. People with integrity walk safely, but those who follow crooked paths will slip and fall. When you walk through a storm, all your head And don't be afraid of the dark At the end of a storm Is a golden sky And the sweet Silver song of a lark. Walk on through the wind. Walk on through the rain. Though your dreams be tossed and blown. Walk on, walk on With a hope in your heart And you never walk alone You
Hi guys, it's Pastor Delaney. I pray that you're doing well today. Uh, it's always such an honor to get a chance to share with you each week. And um, today I wanted to kind of build on what I talked about a couple weeks ago. And we were talking about leaps of faith and faith of leaps. Um, and we kind of played on this and the, what faith was and, and how it kind of applied to, to dealing with our fear and, and walking in faith. And so today I wanted to just kind of build on that from what um, passage in Hebrews 11 says. And it says, now faith means putting our full confidence in the things that we hope for. It means being certain of things that we can't see. And it's this kind of faith that won the reputation for the saints of old. Now what does that mean? Well, the writer of Hebrews 11 is sharing with us that this um, faith of putting our full confidence in the things we hope for, of being certain of the things we cannot see, was a real trait, a characteristic of people that you've probably heard of in the Bible stories that may have been shared while you've been here or maybe when you were a kid. And he goes on to talk about folks like Abel and Enoch and Noah and Moses and some other guys. But all of them had demonstrated faith that had full confidence in the things that they hoped for. It was being certain of stuff that they couldn't see. And that kind of faith is the kind of faith that as it grows in you, as you exercise that, that you will start to draw nearer and closer to God with each day that you demonstrate and exercise that kind of faith. But it's so much more important than just something that we do or something that we say. In fact, as you go on down in the passage in Hebrews 11, uh, the writer says something else that makes this just a titch more important. He says this, he says, without faith, it's impossible to please God. So God is expecting us to have faith. God would like us to have faith like these folks that he talks about in the rest of this passage. And here's another kind of key point to today's little lesson. It's not only without faith, it's impossible to please God, but the man who approaches God must have faith in two things. The first thing is, is that God exists. And now that you're in the refuge, you recognize that all of us on the pastoral team and all of us that you encounter from volunteers and others, that we are firm believers that God exists. And we're hopeful that as you spend time in our culture and as you spend time with us, that you too will come to that same conclusion, that you'll believe that God not only exists, but that God is deeply invested in you and that God has a very special plan for you and for your future. But not only do we need to, to realize that we have to have faith in the thing that, that God exists, but it goes on to say this very clearly. That secondly, it is worth the man to try to find God. In order to have faith, I need to be a man who is willing and working at finding God. Now, how do I do that? How do I exercise my faith in looking and finding God? Well, I find God by seeking him. And where do I seek him? I seek him in his word. And so often we sit there and go, well, I know i got to read the Bible because I'm part of the refuge. i got to read the Bible because it's part of my plan or it's what I do in, in the different phases. But I want you to take it to a different level. Because here we've talked about your faith being the full confidence and the hope in things that you can't see. And we've also said that your faith is crucial to our ability to please God. And so if God has said that in order to have him be pleased, I need to have faith. And then he gives me the blueprint for where to find more about how to increase my faith by reading his word, then that's something that I most certainly want to do. So I'm going to give you three things to think about 
when you're diving into the Word of God or when you're taking your time to read it that makes it more than just reading it. This is your opportunity to find God, to seek Him out. And when you do, that will increase your faith. And when you increase your faith, then you have the opportunity to please God. So the first thing I said is I said you need to read the Word. Why do I need to read it? Well, in Romans 10, it says it pretty clearly. In verse 17, it says, When faith, it comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. Now, you can interpret that and say, Now my faith comes by reading, and by reading the Word of God. And so reading or hearing uh, God's Word is a little like planting a garden. If you want it to grow, or if you want to, to build a garden, you've got to plant seeds. And then you have to allow... God's word in this particular case to be that seed that grows the faith. And so what am I growing in? Well, by reading that word, I'm learning his promises. I'm learning what God says about me. I'm learning about what he says about life. I learn about what he says about doing life. I learn about what his plan is for my every day. I learn about how deeply invested he is in me. I learn that he is striding ahead of me each day. I learn that he has told me to be uh, courageous in the way that I walk through life. I can't know those things unless I've read those things. I can't know those things unless I've increased my faith by diving in and gleaning those things from the Word of God. So i got to read the Word. And why am I reading the Word? It's to increase this faith that will please God. The second piece is I need to do a word that sounds like reading, and I need to heed the Word of God. Now, what does it mean to heed the Word of God? It means I'm going to read this Word, and then I'm going to put it into action. I'm going to be a doer of the word that I'm reading. And James 1 makes that real clear in verse 22. It says, you need to be doers of the word and not just hearers of the word. And so often we'll read something and we won't know, well, how's that apply to me? Or how does that really fit what I'm doing here at the refuge? Or, you know, does that have any relevance, you know, to what I'm, you know, trying to accomplish while while I'm here? And it most certainly does. Because God's word never returns void. And so if I've read something and God is giving me an instruction for the day or an instruction for the week or an instruction for my life, and if I heed that and then apply it to my life, then what does it do? It allows me to seek God differently. It's allowing me to uh, encounter God differently. It allows me to find God differently. And when I find God differently, my faith increases. And what happens when my faith increases? I please God. And as God is pleased, then we go to the third thing I want you to think about. So I'm going to read the word. I'm going to heed the word all in an effort to see what God's going to do because I did. And so what am I going to do? I'm going to test that word. Now, you're not going to test God. You don't ever test God. But what you're going to do is you're going to say, Lord, I've been reading and I've been heeding. And here's what God promises when we do those two things. In Malachi 3, he says this. He says, test me in this. What he's saying is, hey, read me, heed me. And here's what I'm going to do when you read me and heed me and your faith begins to increase. He says, I will throw open the floodgates of heaven. And I'll pour on you so much blessing that you won't have room enough to store it. So, from my perspective, if God is telling me that faith is my full confidence in Him, and that if He tells me that I just want you to say that I exist, and God says that I just want you to come and seek and find me, and then He gives me an avenue to do that by reading His Word, and then by reading His Word, He gives me actions to go and do His Word, 
And then by doing those two things, he says, I want to pour blessing on your life that you really can't contain or even imagine. And I most certainly want to do those things to increase my faith so that I can increase his pleasure in me. So guys, I hope that's an inspiration for you this week to increase your faith, to read the word, heed that word, and just wait and see what God will do with the rest. Have a great week, guys. Love you guys. Never would have made it. Never could have made it without you. I would have lost it all. But now I see how you were there for me. And I can say, never would have made it. Never could have made it without you. I would have lost it all. But now I see how you were there for me. And I can say I'm stronger I'm wiser I'm better Much better When I look back Over all you brought me through I can see that you
Somebody just need to testify to somebody next to him. Tell him, I'm strong. I'm wise. I'm better. Much better. When I look back over what he brought me through, I realize I made it because I had you to hold on to. Now I'm stronger. Now I'm wiser. I'm better. So much better. I made it. Is there anybody in this house other than me that could declare you made it? Tell your neighbor, never would have made it. Tell them, never could have made it. Oh, I wish I had some help here. I wish I had just two or three people that would just declare it. Never would have made it. Never could have made it. I just. I just love to encourage myself. Sometimes I just look in the mirror and say, I'm strong. I'm wise. I am better. So much better. When I look back over what he brought me through, I realize I made it because I had you to hold on to. But I never I never could have made it without you. Yeah, 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 Lord. Oh, good God Almighty, never would have made it. Never could have made it. Singing one more time. All I need is just one more time. Everybody say with me. This concludes today's broadcast. I pray that everyone who tuned in today was blessed by what they heard, and I hope you all have a wonderful day.